so much for joining us. We at Grace Athens exist to be a center and a sender for the kingdom of God. We do this by reintroducing Jesus to all people for the renewal of all things. So we hope that as you listen to this sermon or this podcast, that you would feel introduced to Jesus and his presence, and that by his presence, you would feel renewed. So once again, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this podcast. friends. Hope you're having a good weekend. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 15. That's where we're going to be today and we are returning to our series Family on Mission and uh, we're a little over halfway through the book of Acts and it's been, I think it's really been not just a series that we've been in but it's really become a season for our church and so excited to get back into it. I uh, just want to remind you our one big goal in this series is this. It's to relearn from the early church how to be the true church today. And I really think we need that. And I think especially in today's political climate, we need to relearn how to be the true church right now. And so we'll, uh, don't worry, we're going to get to that. We're going to get this in that political climate in just a moment. Uh, but I want to start in the text. And so pick up in verse 1 of chapter 15 in your Bible. It reads this. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and brought great joy to all the brothers. Let's pause there. I want to start our time by asking you a personal question. Here it is. Who'd you vote for? Who'd you vote for? In the presidential election? In the Senate runoffs we just had? Who'd you vote for? Don't answer that out loud, unless you're with some loved ones you already told. I, I, I ask that deeply inappropriate question because today's passage has to do with it, with the very inappropriateness of that political question itself. What's happening here in the early church is that some powerful Jewish Christians, ones who have the microphone, were requiring the Gentile Christians to keep up with Moses' law. You see that right there in the opening three verses of the text. They were arguing this. They were saying to be a true believer, a true Christian, you also needed to do these things, uh, not simply believe and follow Jesus. You need these markers or this badge of being a true Christian, like circumcision and many others. Doesn't that kind of language sound familiar, though? Try this on. To be a true Christian, you also need to vote and think in this way. You heard that before? Are you hearing it right now? 
You're not simply judged on whether or not you're a Christian by believing in Jesus' saving grace. No, apparently that's not enough anymore. Your politics are now gospel too. This is the political and church climate that we're starting to live in here in the United States of America. So tell me, who'd you vote for? Who'd you vote for? They want to know people who take on this opinion because for them, not for me, let me clarify, I'm arguing their position, for them to be a true Christian, you must vote this or that way. What are we doing when we do that to people? Whether it's out loud and explicit or whether it's subtle in our political conversations as believers in Jesus, what are we doing when we do that? It's simple, friends. We're adding to the gospel just like they did in Acts 15 and just like the church has fatally done at different times in its history. We're adding to it and saying, well, to be a true Christian, you also politically have to think and vote like this. There's all kinds of political parallels here in the opening passage. I'll show you a few. Let's pick back up in verse 1. But some men, men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Right there, they're adding to the gospel. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, is anyone debating right now? Is there any polarization happening outside and inside the church? Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. It's a real question, as it is for us politically. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees, so you have party language going on here, rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. He's saying, hey, to be a true Christian, you also have to do these things the way we see it. And so they were their own uh, faction, their own party. Verse 6, the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And, and after there had been much debate, there's that word again, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believed. Have you noticed, I'm sure you have, I'll ask it anyway. Have you noticed that everything in our world is now politicized? Everything. It's like this red paint that is being splattered and smearing on every little thing. Everything's getting politicized. Think about it. Your health. Whether or not you take your health seriously and wear a mask 
is now being politicized. And what kind of mask you wear, you know? I can tell your political persuasion by what kind of mask you wear, right? And what it looks like and how often you wear it or where you wear it. That's been politicized. How you look has been politicized. How you dress, the brands you buy, the, the, the style you wear has become politicized. Your music choice in many ways has been politicized. Your social media vibe, right? They think they can tell by looking at your Instagram account what political affiliation you, you ascribe to. Everything you do is becoming a political judgment and label. Think of a time when this has happened to you. Just even right now, as you sit there in your living room, draw up a time when this has happened to you, when something ordinary in your life has been judged and labeled a certain political identity. It's insanely frustrating. It's insanely annoying. Maybe it was that uncle <laughs> or that aunt or that out-of-touch grandparent, or maybe it was a close friend. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was a brother or sister that you're close to at the church. It's insanely frustrating, and it's insanely dehumanizing. And I want to get to that. I want to get to that. Better than that, better than just thinking of a general time when anyone could have done it, an uncle, a friend, think of a time when a Christian brother or sister has done this to you. And not only judge your political status, right, but your Christian status. Feels like Jesus, doesn't it? <laughs> Feels a lot like Jesus. I mean, when I was watching what unfolded at the Capitol, irrespective of political sides of the aisle, I just thought, where's Jesus in this? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus be doing if he was present? It's a great question. It takes us out of our politics and back into the scriptures. And we should take the scriptures into our politics, not the other way around. Here's the truth I want you to leave with today. This one thing is that when everything becomes politicized, everyone becomes polarized. When everything becomes politicized, everyone becomes polarized. Just like what's happening here in Acts 15. Our culture right now feels like a great disunity project launched to separate all humans from each other. I mean, even, even family members, you know, even me and Danielle will watch the news and we'll have two different perspectives. And it's like, it's like this disunity political project is happening, wedging marriages, you know, further apart. And we're fine, you know, no need to pray for us in that way. We're great. But it's a small microscopic example of what's happening, even within families, even within Jesus's church. And so what happens is that we no longer treat humans with real feelings. Uh, we, we, we no longer treat them as human, much less as brothers and sisters, but rather as non-human labels, liberal, conservative, bigot, radical, right? No longer are they people with a name. They're now 
an entity with a political label. Labels, like the things you put on food. That's what we're doing to people. It's dehumanizing. It's anti-Christ to the core. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I want to preach today because I think it's necessary with what's happening in our world this week. Friends, hear this. I do want to caution us, though. I believe this toxic political water is sliding under the front door of the church and polarizing us from within. I know it's happening. I know it's happening. And to me, it smells like the devil. It smells like the devil to separate the brothers and sisters of Christ from one another. All of this is parallel to what's happening here in Acts. They are being polarized into different parties, different factions, and you're only a true believer if you vote on the issue their way. It was circumcision for them. It's a political candidate for us. So friends, If you're one of the people doing that, stop it. Stop it. You're outside the gospel. You're adding to it. I say as your friend, and I say that as the one God has charged to pastor and shepherd our church. And again, I think I'm preaching in the choir, so I'm not too worried, but I want to preach it. And to those who've been on the receiving end, maybe that's more the case with us, although I don't want to have some false view of who we are. But if you've been on the receiving end, forgive them. Forgive them. Don't fall to their trap and label them as well. You will rip apart the relational fabric of this church if you act like them. Forgive them. Let's pick back up in the story. Verse 6. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us, right? He's saying, don't polarize each other. Verse nine, and he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Verse 10, now therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples, adding to the gospel that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. There's no other way, other affiliation or burden. And all the assembly fell silent. <laughs> I bet they did. And they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. And we'll stop there. In this chapter, the gospel is beginning to extend out, 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 out 
to the furthest reaches of the world, and it can't be stopped. What happens here in Acts 15 changes the world. Some scholars say it's the most pivotal watershed chapter in the whole book because after this, they know this gospel's for all people, not just the Jewish people. It changes world history because of it. I'd say it this way. The gospel has been the most radically inclusive and uniting force in history. It has included and united more people into the multi-ethnic family of God than any other human force or institution. It's the total opposite of political polarization. I'll say that again. The gospel is the total opposite of political polarization. And we Christians, we need to hear it again. I want to apply the gospel again into this moment in our nation's history. And together we need to fight the temptation to add to it, to add anything to it. The gospel has been like a mighty river streaming through our world, going places no one thought possible, cleansing, as it says, and giving life to all people with no bias, with no prerequisite, with no disqualifying judgment. Take a look one more time. Verse 8. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, right? That rushing river of water, living water, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. This is what the river of the gospel has been doing for centuries, for centuries. And he goes on and on. This gospel river has passed into a myriad of cultures, ethnicities, into a myriad of customs, belief systems, sins, and so on, including and uniting all people under Christ's grace. <laughs> I love the gospel. I love the gospel. And you do too. And we need it right now. We need it to be the lens through which we look at our country and the lens through which we love each other. That's why, friends, members of Grace Athens, our mission is simple. It is reintroducing Jesus to all people for the renewal of all things, including these United States of America. I want to end with a prayer. Close your eyes with me as you sit there in your living room. Imaginative, imaginative prayer. I want you to imagine this, the, the river of the gospel. I want you to see its banks. I want you to see its current, its flow. And I want you to see it streaming into all the different places in our country, into Washington, D.C., into all the different movements and all the different factions and all the hatred and all the distrust and all the disinformation, all the bias and racism. See that gospel cleansing, forgiving, making whole, uniting everyone unto Christ.
Lord, we pray for a mighty outflow of that river, the river of your gospel and your spirit to move first in our own church to cleanse anything that needs to be cleansed and God, may it move out into our city, our state, and beyond. God, we give you all the glory and we're incredibly grateful. We bless your name in this church. Thank you for listening to the Grace Athens podcast. We hope you were blessed by this time that you feel introduced to Jesus and have been renewed by his presence. In the season of Christmas, we annually do a Christmas offering where we press into four things, our children's ministry, our foster care ministry, our college ministry, and this year focusing on finding a venue, more long-standing venue for our home. If any of those things strike a chord with you or if you felt blessed by this time in this podcast, we ask that you would go above and beyond your annual regular tithe to your church or to Grace Athens and consider giving to one of those four things. You can do that by texting 706-214-2899 and sending the words Christmas offering and that will send you the link. Once again, 706-214-2899 Christmas offering. Thank you so much for your time, for listening, and for your generosity.